0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to Believe in Raiders podcast from Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Sackett. Pleased nice to the joined former Raider great Stanford rap stand. It's here. Week one is finally upon us. Raiders getting ready to take on the Denver Broncos on Sunday in Denver. But Stan, instead of being the first point of this podcast, we need to discuss Chandler Jones and his deleted Instagram posts. It happened on Tuesday. Jones posted comments saying he didn't want to play for the Raiders, uh, in particular, GM Dave Ziegler and head coach Josh McDaniels, if they were in charge, because he apparently couldn't get into the Raiders facility to get a workout in. Now, McDaniels met with the media on Wednesday and said Jones wasn't practicing today, wasn't sure about his status for Sunday, and said he wouldn't comment anymore on it because it's a private matter. So, Stan, let me ask you this. You played eight years in the NFL, mostly with the Raiders, a cup of coffee with the Kansas City Chiefs. You ever been locked out of the facility and not been able to get in?
0: (laughs) Uh, No, never have. I would imagine, you know, maybe after they release me that, you know, They probably would have locked me out and wouldn't let me come in, but never as as an actual player, never as an actual actual employee on the roster has that happened. So I really don't know what's going on. You know, uh, and like I said, I don't want to cast any aspersions. So like I said, I'm just as mystified as everybody else is. But it just, you know, with it being a private matter and where he's locked out of the facility, it makes me now just question, is this a mental health issue? Is there some sort of something going on where they feel like maybe he's uh, in some way being dangerous to himself or dangerous to the team? I don't know. Like I said, once again, I'm not trying to cast any aspersions. I'm just as mystified as everybody else is. I'm just simply saying by not letting him in the facility, but he's still a member of the team. He's still an employee. He's still a Las Vegas Raider, but essentially he's away from the team. It's a private matter. Locking him out, won't let him in the facility. That's what makes me wonder all these things about, is this some sort of health? Is this some sort of a situation where it could be mental health? They deem him as being a hazard or dangerous to his teammates, maybe even himself. I don't know. Like I said, I'm just mystified as everybody else is. So I'm just simply just kind of throwing ideas out there, spitballing, but I have no prior knowledge, no insider knowledge to anything that's going on in, inside those four walls.
1: Yes, Dan, I just find it very, like you said, mystifying, very curious. Here's a veteran leader, somebody who's been around the NFL 12 years, has yeah. won Super Bowls. He's been one of the better pass rushers for quite some time. You yep. know, he had a down year last year. But to air your grievances on social media, Stan, I mean, why not just try to talk to these guys man-to-man about to, to Ziegler or Josh Jacobs or somebody – about what is going on. Why, why in the world would you post it and then delete it on social media? And you know what, Stan? I like you said we're speculating and all that. But just to me, Stan, we're it this just feeds into the narrative that the Raiders are a dysfunctional franchise. <laughs> that they yeah, always have been, they um, always have been, they still are and they always will be. Am I off am I off base here saying that?
0: You're not all base because if we all know at the end of the day, there is no percept. I'm sorry. There is no reality. It's only what perception, perception is reality, Sam. And exactly. So that's what it looks like. And, you know, with the whole thing with Chandler Jones, he's not somebody that was drafted in 2020. He's not one of these Gen Z, Gen X, whatever this generation is the, right. of the people that are, you know, now. 24 years old that were born around the year 2000. Chandler Jones is on the business side of 30. Chandler Jones is an older player in this in in this league. And so Chandler Jones isn't necessarily one of the young guys. So for him to take it to Twitter, I look at that as more of frustration with it being the last resort. Than it simply being he's young. That's how these kids are within this generation. They take everything to social media. That's how I view it because he's more of one of the older players in this league, not somebody that just came in two years ago. So I just think of it more along the, along the lines of frustration, maybe it being the last resort where he's tried to talk to them, didn't get any answers or didn't get anything, anything clear and concise. Maybe he got a vague answer. Maybe he got a roundabout type of answer. And now he's taking it to Twitter because he simply has exhausted all of the other options.
1: Well, look at if, if Chandler Jones doesn't play on Sunday, then likely Malcolm Kuntz will get to start uh, in his place. And he has a career two, two, two sacks, Dan. That's how many he has. And then you got to figure rookie first round uh, pick Tyree Wilson, who's going to be in the mix for a lot more plays than maybe the Raiders. Uh, had anticipated so we'll have to wait and see on sunday whether chandler jones is one taking going with the team to denver If he's suiting up three if he's starting so once again we're talking about stuff off the field instead of stuff on the field with this team all right let's get to our 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 read here and then uh, we'll continue on bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or usual mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's get to the game now, Stan. The Raiders are actually searching for their seventh straight win over the Broncos. Uh, when you in your time with the with the Raiders, Stan, did you beat the Broncos seven times? Do you think off the top of your head?
0: Oh, off the top of my head, I would imagine probably. I was there seven years, so clearly we played them fourteen times. I would imagine maybe uh, at least five or six. Uh, maybe not seven. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but I would imagine somewhere in that area, uh, the Denver Broncos did not have any sort of a stranglehold on us or anything like that. I would probably venture to say that the one team that had more of the stranglehold for a number of years was the San Diego chargers, uh, versus the, uh, the uh, Denver Broncos. So I would say, yeah, I feel like we beat the Broncos probably six, seven times, uh, during my tenure there. All right, Stan,
1: on Sunday, what's the biggest storyline you're looking for in terms of the Raiders? What are you going to be watching the closest? I
0: think everybody's going to uh, – I mean, there's so many different storylines you can look at. Uh, for one, for me, I want to see how the back end's going to play. I want to see how the defense is going to play. I think that for the general public, for just the the casual fan, it's going to be more about Jimmy G – And is he going to be able to to distribute the ball to Hunter Renfro, Devonta Adams, everybody? Because we all know Derek Carr was there for, what, eight or nine years ever since 2014. That draft class, he's been starting ever since. And now you got Jimmy G, somebody that has had his success in this league. But everybody knows that durability has always been the number one question. So everybody's going to want to know, Okay, did the Raiders make the right decision by letting go of Derek Carr? bringing in a Jimmy G. Did they make did they make the wrong decision? So, I would say for the general public, you're going to see more people lean on Jimmy G and how he plays as the biggest storyline in Sunday's game.
1: Stan, I'm with you, though, because to me, Jimmy, jo- uh, Jimmy G, I beg your pardon, he doesn't have to be great because he's got so many weapons around him. Josh Jacobs, uh, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. Uh, I'm curious to see, Mayor, the tight end and how much he plays, how effective he is I'm like you. I want to see these new faces on the defense, how they're going to fare. And I know Russell Wilson's coming off a down year, and I want to ask you about him also. But how is the defense going to look? I mean, is Chandler Jones going to be playing? What kind of pass rush are the Raiders going to be able to generate if he's not there with just Denver being able to possibly perhaps double-team Max Crosby? Uh, Marcus Peters is likely going to start at one corner. How is he going to look, Stan? Is he going to be the guy that had eight interceptions, what, his first year? Or is he going to be more like the guy the last couple of years where his – uh, he wasn't able to generate as many turnovers. And in the back end, we got Epps and Mark. How effective are they going to be? And then at linebacker, no more Denzel Perriman. So I- I'm like you. I'm To me, I think the Raiders have enough weapons on offense to score. How is this defense going to look, especially with Sean Payton now, the head coach, because we know he's a lot more competent than uh, Nathaniel Hackett was last year in his short tenure with the Denver Broncos. So I'm with you, man. I'm looking at the defense and I'm hoping it's somewhat improved. I'm looking for any kind of improvement. So, um, Stan, this is an interesting nugget. I looked up the Raiders last year, five in one when Josh Jacobs ran for more than 100 yards. He rushed for a combined 253 against Denver last year. So, you got to believe the offense. We're going to see a heavy dose of that, maybe a heavy dose of play action as well from Jimmy G.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like I said, it may be interesting nugget to you, but I think for, uh, for myself and just for, you know, some people, several people around the league, when you run the ball and you can run it effectively, it slows the game down. It puts the other opposing offense, especially the quarterback. It leaves him on the bench or should I say on the sideline because now you're in control of the game. So yes, any game that Josh Jacobs ran well, that was a game that I would look for the Las Vegas Raiders to win the game and be victorious. And I would imagine that's probably what they'll try to do on Sunday. We all know Josh Jacobs just got back. He's not going to have all of his legs up under him. So I'm looking for the Raiders to lean on the run game just off the simple fact of a, what we just talked about, but B, you got Patrick Sertain the second over there. You got uh, you got Justin Simmons at safety. So you got some studs back there in the back end that you don't necessarily just want to put the ball in harm's way more times than you have to. So I'm definitely looking for the Raiders to lean on the ground game more versus than the aerial attack.
1: Dan Patrick Sertain versus Devonte Adams, man, what a matchup, right? Yeah, he's got to exactly. follow him. He's got to follow him all all over the field, don't you think?
0: I would imagine so, but, you know, when you look at Vance Joseph and the way that he runs his defense, he doesn't always do that, and, you know, like I said, there's many different ways to skin a cat. I would imagine at this point now in Patrick the II's career, he's going into his third year, so now he's really hitting that stride last year, all pro, made pro bowl, definitely well-deserved, in my opinion, the best young corner in all of football, so I think that now is probably the time that, yeah, you will see him travel, but... If he doesn't, I'm not going to be uber surprised.
1: Dan, uh, Russell Wilson, I mentioned this earlier, coming off a very disappointing year, his first year in Denver. New head coach, Sean Payton, uh, obviously quarterback's best friend. Expect Russell Wilson to bounce back this season.
0: Define bounce back. Uh, Perform more like he did in Seattle than he did a year ago. I think it'll probably be closer to Seattle. Uh, But if you're talking about him playing at the same level that he played in Seattle, which had him have which allowed him to have what I believe was a Hall of Fame career in a Seattle Seahawks uniform. I'm not certain on that. And I say that because Sean Payton is very precise. Sean Payton always has the the first 15 script in his hand. Sean Payton, his offense, especially with Drew Brees, it is designed to get 10 points. Off of the first two series, and now you're reeling as a defense. You're back on your heels. Russell Wilson plays more of a game that's a little bit more akin to sandlot football. When you really look at a lot of the big plays that Seattle made for a long, for a long time, to uh, to to Baldwin and to DK Metcalf and to Golden Tate and everybody, even Percy Harvin, going all the way back to 2012, 2013, it was a lot of plays that were off script it was a lot of plays that were off schedule where Russ was just cooking. Well, Sean Payton, he's all about precision. He's all about timing. He's all about everything being on time, everything being right in the methodical uh in the methodical order that he likes everything to be. So that's why to me, I'm not sure that this is going to be the best marriage. Not because Russell Wilson is not a good quarterback. Yeah, last year he stunk, no doubt about it. I don't think that he's completely fallen off a cliff. But Sean Payton, with his coaching style, with his offensive mindset, I'm not sure that they both will mesh well. Somebody's going to need to make a bigger compromise. To make the marriage work than the other one. And oftentimes, when you have those offensive gurus like a Kyle Shanahan, like a Mike Holmgren, like a Sean Payton, like a Norv Turner, or even a Sean McVay. When you have those offensive gurus and those great offensive minds, it's more of hey, well, my way is proven. You need to go ahead and do things my way. I'm the coach, I know what I'm doing. Look what I've done in this league: boom, 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 boom. Here's my resume. And oftentimes, that's what happens. But Russell Wilson, in the same regard, been to two Super Bowls, 0-1-1. That's why I think it's going to be very interesting to see exactly who's the person that does more of the compromising to make this marriage now work.
1: All right, let's hope the marriage doesn't work too well on Sunday for the Raiders' sake. All right, Stan, let's get to some over-unders for the Raiders for this season. Let's start at quarterback with Jimmy G. He averaged 222 yards passing a game a year ago. That equates to about 3,800 uh, passing yards over 17 games. So Stan, I'm gonna up it a little bit. 4,000 yards over under this season for Jimmy G.
0: 4,000. my heart says no. I'm sorry. My heart says yes, but my head says no. All right, I think it's a little bit under because I think they're really <laughs> going to rely on the running game. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Like, like Josh yeah, like, Jacobs, yes. Yeah, my heart says
1: yes, but my, my head says no. How about 27 touchdown passes for Jimmy G over under? Mm, I would say, ooh man, 27, I would say over. Okay, I think he's going to go over also, maybe around 30. Uh, you know, get that extra game, 17, makes a big yeah. difference. All right, his favorite target uh, more than likely is going to be Devontae Adams, Danny's average. 113 catches and 14 touchdowns over the last three years. So those are the over or under numbers I'm going to give you for Devontae. What are you thinking?
0: 113 retirement receptions. Yep. Uh, you know, and this is nothing towards him. Right. I just think it's going to be a little under because of the new quarterback. And obviously he went from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr last year. Somebody that I thought he was going to have a little bit of a down year because going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, but with that synergy he had with Derek Carr going all the way back to college that made up for the decline in talent from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr, obviously, but right now he's not used to Jimmy G. Jimmy G just came in uh, for how, I don't know for how many months, Jimmy G wasn't even clear to play. So that's why I think you're going to see a little bit of a dip in his production this year, not because he's lost a step or anything like that, but just now he'll be going into now the, the, his third different quarterback in the third consecutive year, and I think that that's going to cause a little bit of a decline in his production.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go under on both of those. One, I think the Hunter Renfro has a ba- bounce back year. I think Josh Jacobs uh, is it, going to carry a big load again, and I think they're going to be more of a run-oriented team. And I just think, like you just said, his third quarterback and his third uh in the last three years, I'm definitely going under with you. All right, Josh Jacobs, Stan, last year he rushed for nearly 1,700 yards. Over his four-year career, he's averaged just under 1,200 uh, per season. So I'm going to put the over-under at 1,200 for him this season.
0: Uh, I would probably – ooh, 1,200. It would be easy if you would ask me 1,600 because that's definitely <laughs> an under. Uh, 1,200, I would say – I feel like it's going to be a little under because I feel like these first couple of games, he's not going to get the maximum load that he got last year. I feel like they're going to go ahead and bring him into the fold a little bit slow. And also at the same time, we also know that this is a business. So if I'm the Las Vegas Raiders, do I really want Josh Jacobs to go out there and lead the league in Russian again? Because then I got more pressure on me to pay him. So also uh, anybody listening, do not be fooled. There is parts of this game where your team doesn't want to see you do as well. And especially now with we, what we saw with the Saquon Barkley one year reworked revised franchise tag where there's incentives in it. It's no longer just the one year franchise tag. I would imagine Josh Jacobs has the a similar contract as far as incentives and things like that. So, I would not be surprised if you see the Raiders spelling him a little bit more so he doesn't reach that incentive, so I would say under on the on the 1,200.
1: Yeah, that would mean more touches for Zamir White, the backup right of Max. Stan. I think he's going to go over 1,200, but I don't think he gets to last year's total of uh, 1,653, but I do think he'll go over uh, 1,200. All right, let's flip it over to the defense now, and let's start with Max Crosby coming off a career year with 12 and a half sacks. Now, Stan, he's averaged nine and a half through his first four seasons, so I'm just going to up it a little bit, put the over under at 10 sacks this season for him.
0: Oh, okay. The over under at 10, I yep. think, uh, over. I'd say over.
1: Do you think he matches last year?
0: Uh, I think that right there could be a push. Oh, what a minute. He had how many last year? 12 and a half career high. 12 and a half. I think that's a push just because I mean, look at we got Chandler Jones, we don't know what's going on with him, we got Tyree Hill, Tyree Wilson. We don't know what he's gonna pan out to be. We don't know what he's gonna look like as a rookie. Maybe he looks like Nick Bosa, how he was as a rookie for the 49ers. Maybe he looks like Cleveland Farrell and winds up being a bust or somebody that underwhelms. We don't know. And because of that, I feel like teams are gonna be able to key in on Max Crosby a little bit more, slide the protection his way, lead the running back in the chip a little bit, things like that. So that's where I would place the under on the 12 and a half because of the uncertainty on the opposite side of his bookend.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of uncertainty. I think we'll see more double teams until the Raiders get it figured out. I'm going to go push him and I think he's going to get 10 this season. Exactly. So, all right, let's finish up with Marcus Peters. He hasn't been at camp or with the Raiders very long. So uh, he's averaged four interceptions per season during his eight year career stand. So I'm going to put the number at four.
0: Hmm. I would say under just because Marcus Peters over the last couple of years has had injury concerns where he hasn't been able to finish the whole season, miss time because of injuries and things like that. And then also the one thing is that for a lot of playmaking corners, they're phenomenal when they're making plays, but when they're not, Being able to jump things and see things and just go ahead and make those phenomenal plays like you see the Asante Samuels of the world or the Richard Shermans or any other Hall of Fame level type of cornerback, which I believe Marcus Peters has that Hall of Fame type of talent. That's where over the last couple of years, he hasn't been making as many plays. That's what leads me to believe that this is going to be more under on what you're asking about the four over under question. That's why I would say under just because over the last couple of years, injury concerns, maybe he's not going to be able to play all 17 games. And then I think teams know how to attack him. They know exactly what he likes. So they're not going to just give him that sweet little candy cane that he's used to picking off. They're going to give him more complex types of schemes that he has to decipher through. So that's why I would
1: say under. All right, finally, Stan, let's do a prediction for Sunday's game. Who are you taking, Raiders, Broncos?
0: Mm-hmm. The Raiders are 1-7 straight. Let's go ahead and make it eight. I would say final score, 24 24- 21. All right. I, I hate to do it,
1: but right now, Stan, I feel like there's a dark cloud hanging over the franchise. There's a lot of unknowns with Jimmy G uh, and the defense. Denver's at home. I know the Raiders, uh, like I said, they've won six, six in a row. They're going for the seven straight. Yep. I think Denver's going to win this one. I, I, I do. I think if 24, 21, maybe 24, 17, unfortunately, sorry, Raider nation. I got it. I think the Denver Broncos <laughs> are going to take this one. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right, Stan. I hope I'm 100% wrong, but, Come Sunday, we'll find out. We'll see how it goes. And Stan and I will be recapping that game, and that will yep. be published uh, on Monday morning for you. Well, have a full mm-hmm. recap of that one. So, as for now, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag. From a partner, Stanford Route, I'm Dennis Ackerman. May all your punts find the coffin corner.